All right. Welcome to the Living the Abundant Life broadcast. I'm your host, Dr. Samuel Meredith. I'm so happy that you decided to join us today. And I hope pray that I will say something that will help you live the abundant life. Well, uh, we're in the middle of our uh, we are Children of God series, and uh, before I go on to, in, on to today's lesson, I would like to recap on some of the things we discussed in the previous sermons. Part one, we really focus on hearing his voice. You know, as a child, uh, think about it, you have a, a young child. That young child, even a baby, knows the voice of a mother. The child responds. God's word says that his sheep hear his voice. They know his voice. Now that's good news. Why is that good news? Because you should never say, I can't hear God's voice. You can hear God's voice. Now, when you're listening for his voice, you're not listening for an audible sound with your ears. You're listening to your heart. You're listening to your inner, the inner man, the inner heart, and he'll respond to your heart. All right. You can hear his voice. Why? Because you're a child of the most high God, all right? Part two, we focus on the father's love, particularly uh, from the standpoint of he has already given us everything. Now we looked at the prodigal son, then remember the parable of the prodigal son. The word of God says in the first, and and uh, the verse 11, I believe it was chapter 15 of, uh, I believe it was Luke chapter 15. The word of God says, that he divided his goods amongst between the two sons. The younger son took his part portion and went out and squandered it. At the end, the older son, the word of God says that the older son was saying, father, you haven't done this for me. You didn't give me this. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. But the father continued to say, all that I have is yours. It was already given to the older son. But the son kept expecting the father to give it to him. Now, why is this important to know? Because many times as Christians, we'll make the mistake and say, God, give me this. God bless me. God heal me. But the truth of the matter is, according to the scriptures, not tradition, but the scriptures, he has already given it to us. In fact, one of the scriptures says that he has given us all things that pertains to life and godliness. He's already given it to us. Part three, we talked about how to receive from God. The word of God says, when we pray, we believe that we receive them and we shall have them. We believe that we receive when we pray. Not when we get it, but we have to believe, we have to take it by faith when we pray. And we dealt with that. And, and another aspect we talked about in, in, on the last lesson, part three, was uh, the difference between comprehending God's word or it being on from a knowledge perspective. We understand it. It's, it's in our cere it's cerebral thinking, if you will, versus revelation. Revelation, when revealed knowledge is some as spiritual aspects such as faith. It could be God revealing uh, you something, how to deal with something in the natural. But when he does that, it totally changes our hearts. Remember Abraham, when God changed Abraham's name, how it totally changed. He was he, he began to speak. He's the father of many nations. So that's revelation knowledge. And remember, when God reveals something, it's part, something to us 
It's part of our heart. It changes how we operate. So when the enemy tries to take it away from us, he can't take it away from us because it's part of our heart. All right. This brings us to the next point, which now we're on part four. We are children of God, part four. We're looking at revealed plans. You know, we have to be confident that he has already called us for service. He has already called us for service, meaning that God already has a plan for us. I think this is some interesting reading uh, because this reveals how God selects us. All right. It's quite different from the world. If you have your Bibles, turn to first Corinthians, first Corinthians, I'm sorry, chapter one. And we'll begin reading at verse 26. And it says, for observe your calling, brothers, among you, not many wise men, according to the flesh. In other words, according to the world standards, not many of you all are wise. Furthermore, it reads, not many mighty men and not many noble men were called. Or uh, in other words, uh, men who were called, who were of the status. They were born with a silver spoon in their mouth or they were born on the right side of the tracks. No, God did not call those type of people. He called the despised. In fact, we continue reading in verse 27. It says, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. God chooses the people that no one wants. You remember in grade school um, and gym class, you know, you, you, there was oftentimes you had leaders. You may have two different groups. Uh, sometimes they rotated, you know, the lead, who would be the leader for that day. But uh, whoever the leader was, they, they, they uh, selected the people they wanted on their team. And, you know, the last one or two people, they were always picked last. Always picked last. Now, according to the world standard, nobody really wanted them. But those people that are picked last are the very people that God will select and make them the athletes of all athletes. That's the way God does things. He is an awesome God. It is what makes him God. He takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. I'm reminded uh, as I was preparing this lesson uh, in the previous century, about a hundred years ago, we began to see born these uh, healing evangelists, well, they would eventually become healing evangelists, but oftentimes, they were sick, nigh unto death. In other words, they were, everyone thought they were going to die. And I think about Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagin, a number of different healing evangelists, where it's interesting, they didn't die. God healed them and they became healing evangelists. Same thing with people who preach prosperity. And I'm not talking about the fake ones. I'm talking about those who are real. Oftentimes they had to overcome poverty. God will use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So Paul was saying, look, observe among yourselves. Look what you're called to do. But look how the people observed you or think about your past. God will, will select someone who totally messed up in an area to be his representative in that very same area. That's just once again how God works. That's how he works. In verse 28, it says, and God has chosen the base things of this world and things which are despised. Think about the people who are despised. 
Yes, and he chooses those things which did not exist to bring to nothing things that do. So in other words, he may he may uh, select once again a person that's broke and everyone knows he's the laughing stock of town and make him the most prosperous, prosperous person in the community. So he can be glorified. The despised. He will take the unwanted, the despised, the rejected and make them something, something that everyone wants. And the only thing people can do is look and behold the goodness and the glory of God on that person's life. Do you, can I share something with you? He wants to do that for you and me. That's why he called us to do the work that we were doing. Once again, he has plans for you. And these plans were before the foundation of the world. If you look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning in verse 6, it talks about these things. It says that if the rulers of this world or the enemy, if they had known the plans of God, those plans uh, that God had in his heart before the foundation of the world regarding Christ and what he would do, the word of God says they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. They never would have crucified. Had they known the plans, they would have never crucified him. Let me say this. The same thing holds for you. True to you, I should say. God knows the plan that he has for you. The enemy's nature is to steal, kill, and destroy. Had he known what you would become, he probably would not have tried to stop you because what he did, he pushed you into your destiny. You know, the enemy cannot help his nature. I remind of the story of the snake. Uh, it was a big flood or something like that. And, and the snake asked the turtle to uh, let him get on his back so he can sail across the water. And the, and the turtle said, no, you can't get on my back. You, you're going to kill me. And the, and the snake said, no, I'm not going to kill you because I have, to, I have to survive myself. Well, he convinced the turtle, to my understanding, to, to go ahead and, 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 and sail him across, swim across the sea. And so right in the middle of, of, of the sea, when you know the, sna the snake bit the turtle. And the turtle replied to my understanding, why did you do that? The snake said, I couldn't help it, it's in my nature. The enemy is going to try to steal, kill, and destroy you. That's just in his nature, he can't help it. But in doing something, God has fortified you. He's put something in you to withstand and it's going to help shape your destiny. Now, listen, I did not say that God is in cahoots with Satan. No, he's not. The enemy is an evil force, but God knows how to put something in you that'll help fortify you, that'll help you stand in the evil day. He'll encourage you to continue to stand. God loves you and he has a plan for you before the foundations of the world. Now, the word of God continues to say is about these plans are revealed by his spirit. In verse nine, it, it says that, but it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love it. But it's revealed by the spirit, by his spirit it's revealed to you. Now, how is it revealed to you? Well, uh, we understand that the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside. We also know that our spirit is, re is born again. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit knows what the, the plans of the Father has. 
He'll reveal the, the plans that the Father has for you. He'll reveal it to you in time. He'll reveal to you. And he will, sometimes he will do it slowly. Sometimes he'll give the big picture. Now, he may give you the plan. You just may not know how to get there, but he will always reveal it to you. It's revealed by his spirit. All right? It's revealed by his spirit. Now, this what I've talked about is, is vividly illustrated in the life of Moses. Think about Moses for a moment. God's revealed plan. Moses was the chosen one. All right. The word of God says that Moses was born and 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 the word of God says that the the Pharaoh ordered that all the babies be executed. And God blessed Moses parents to hide him for about three months. And then they sailed him down the river to Pharaoh's daughter where he was saved. And Pharaoh raised, daughter raised Moses. I should say it this way. Moses was raised in the house of Pharaoh. He was raised in the house. He was a prince of Egypt. Now, one day as he went out, he saw an Egyptian striking one of his Hebrew or his Hebrew or Israelite brothers. And he killed the Egyptian and buried the Egyptian in the sand. The next day, we're talking about God's revealed plan. He sees two Egypt, I'm sorry, two Israelites fighting each other. And he says, hey, hey, why are you all doing this? You're brothers. And they said, well, who made you a judge over us? Are you going to kill us like you did the Egyptian? Well, well, Moses figured out then it was revealed to him that the thing that he did that he thought was secret, everyone knew it. So he fled. The word also says that this thing got back to Pharaoh's ears and Pharaoh was going to slay Moses. So he escaped. So what happened after he escaped? Well, he was on the backside of a mountain for 40 years and till God called him to go back to Egypt. Now think about this for a moment. Moses seemed like the most unlikely character to lead God's people from Egypt to the promised land. He was a murderer and he ran away from Pharaoh and never to be heard of or seen for 40 years. He was hiding. How many of y'all understand no matter what has happened to you, sometimes God will call you to face those fears. No, he will always call you to face those fears. Sometimes it's that very thing that, that, that acts as a barrier, but you must get through that the other side of that to do the things that God has called you to do. Why? Because oftentimes the enemy will try to hunt you or put fear in your heart uh, to keep you from moving forward. So oftentimes you have to face those giants. You have to face them. But God is with you. Moses had to face Pharaoh and the old Egyptian people 40 years later. However, God was with him. And God, as you know the story, God or Moses began to perform miracles and so much so that Pharaoh, although he was mighty and powerful, he had to bow down to, to, to uh, Moses in a sense. In fact, the word of God tells us that Moses was like a God to Pharaoh. He was like a God unto Pharaoh. In fact, uh, some of his advisors eventually said, Pharaoh, listen. You cannot win against Moses and his God. You might as well, basically, I'm paraphrasing, you might as well give up. And we know eventually 
Moses did lead the children of Israel out of Egypt on their way to the promised land. God had called him. God revealed the plan to Moses. He revealed his plan to you. He revealed his plan to you. Unless, and so let me say this, don't look at your shortcomings or the mistakes you, you made in the past. Yes, God is calling you. Yes, you. You who may have cussed out someone last night. He's calling you regardless of what your past is. Yes, he's calling you. He is calling you. He will, be, will reveal his plan to you. Now, let's look for at the children of Israel for a moment. I'm going to look at them for a moment. We understand that the children of Israel was in Egypt for 430 years. And I think it was quite interesting in that, according to the scriptures, they were there 430 years and to the day. The day that they, they arrived was the same day, 430 years later, that they left to go to the promised land. They left to go to uh, the promised land. It also says before they they left to go they they before they uh left uh to go to the promised land it says that they spoiled the Egyptians they spoiled the Egyptians before they went on their journey they spoiled the Egyptians only God can do that only God can do that. Now, I think it's quite interesting in that once they left Egypt, they were in the wilderness. Some scholars say around a year and a half. Well, what was happening during that time? Well, they were slaves. Remember, they were slaves for 430 years. They couldn't go from slavery to rule in the promised land. God had to teach them how to become a nation. So he took about a year and a year and a half, give it give or take some months, to teach them how to operate as a nation. Yes, God has plans for you, but there's always a preparation period. There's a preparation period. It took God about a year and a half, once again, to train Israel. He gave them laws, he told them what they could do, could not do. He was training them once again to rule in the promised land. And so they were on their way. They knew they were, supposed to, they were on their way to the promised land. God revealed his plan. So what am I saying? As children of God, God will always reveal his plans to you. They're revealed by the spirit of God. Those plans that he has for you, they were in his mind, in his heart, before the foundation of the world. Yes, he called you. People may despise you for whatever. You may look down on yourself. Stop looking down on yourself. You are a living creature created by the image or in the image of God. God loves you and he has great plans for you. Walk in the power of God. You are a child of the most high God. And he did not make any mistakes. He knew you were going to make the mistakes that you made. That's okay. Well, remember, he takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Yeah, yeah, I know you've been thinking, I messed up too bad. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. Moses murdered someone. If you look throughout the great men of, uh, uh, in the Bible, the great men of God who God used, all of them made some major mistakes. It's part of it. 
But you know what? God was still able to use them regardless of the mistakes they made. What am I telling you? God has great plans for you. Hang in there. You are a child of the Most High God. Give God a hand clap of praise.